Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes you hear people say they are ready to die. It is not necessarily because they are suicidal or because they are fed up with all the troubles they have in this world. Christians say it, non-Christians say it as well. Often, Christians who say that are people who have lived for a long time and they are becoming frail. Perhaps you've known people like that. Mostly, they don't get their wish, at least not right away. They may live several more years before God calls them home. That's the way I think about Simeon when I read our text for today. Even though the text doesn't give his age, I think he was an old man. The shepherds who were in the field watching their flock by night when the angel appeared to them to tell them the good news of Jesus' birth would have been young and middle-aged men. So it looks like Luke is telling us that the young and the middle-aged men had had their turn at seeing and identifying Jesus. And what an amazing experience it was for them to hear not only the voice of an angel, but also the voice of the choir of angels singing. That must have been a truly amazing experience. How I wish they had been recording devices then. We would have those voices to listen to over and over again. While I can say what an experience for the shepherds, I would also say maybe it is a good thing that they weren't recording devices back then. Who knows, if there had been, we would probably not want to sing or hear ourselves sing or hear another choir sing again, maybe not even the sound of the best choir or choirs in America because they would never come even close to the, the voice of the angel singing. To be sure, though, one day you will get to hear them and actually sing with them. From the Old Testament purification rites, we know that Jesus was 40 days old when he was brought to the temple. It is now time for Mary to go through the purification rites as prescribed in the law for a woman who had given birth. Mary and Joseph take it very seriously. Jesus is also their firstborn, a male. They had to dedicate him to the Lord. They did not wait a day longer. To say that a lot had gone on for this family in the last 40 days would be an understatement. And maybe they had been overwhelmed by it all. Angels and shepherds they did not know told them incredible things about their son was certainly a lot to take in. So as happens sometimes when you're not sure what to say, you don't say anything at all. You don't say anything. This time, the journey was not long. Jerusalem was only about five and a half miles from Bethlehem. They get to the temple. They have their required offering all ready to go. It wasn't much at all, either a pair of doves or two young pigeons. The offering tells us that they were poor. The Lord required that of the poor. Otherwise, they would have brought a year-old lamb and a pigeon or a dove. They were supposed to present their offerings to the priest on duty that day. They would recognize him by his garment. 
But when he entered the temple, this man just shows up. I'm sure he said a few words to them that Luke does not record. Arms outstretched, he took the baby Jesus into his arms. Simeon may not have been known to them, but he was definitely known by God. He was a faithful worshiper of God. Luke describes him as righteous and devout. Doesn't get better than that, especially if you are not the one describing yourself in such terms. Luke also says Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the comfort or salvation of Israel for God's promised Messiah. The baby he held in his arms had come for more than the consolation of Israel. He had come for the consolation of the whole world. He had come for Simeon's own consolation. I wonder if he knew that. His going to the temple that day was a direct result of the Holy Spirit's action. Even as he had a desire to go and be with the Lord, the Lord had told him, no, not yet. He would not let him die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. God kept his promise. Today is the day he will indeed get to see the Messiah. It was exciting. What beautiful words he said that day as he held the baby Jesus in his arms. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. God has spoken to the young and middle-aged people. Today it is the turn of the old people to come into the picture to bear witness to our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. And what great witness they bear. The salvation of which Simeon spoke is deliverance from danger, extreme danger, even if you don't know it. It is a danger of dying without God in your life. It is not the death of which some religions speak that you will only become unaware forever, that nothing else will happen to you after death. The death of which the Bible speaks is the death in which you will become alive again and live forever, but it is a living forever without the presence of God in your new life. It is a wretched life after death that no one should ever want to be thrown into. The salvation that God has prepared for all peoples, Jews and Gentiles alike, is the entrance into the kingdom of God, the reign of God. You will live in the presence of God forever if you are a believer. Joseph and Mary marveled at what Simeon had just said about Jesus. Simeon blessed them. Then he said to Mary, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Enter Anna at that moment. Luke describes her as very old. He gives us her age, 84. She was a prophetess. She is the only true prophetess mentioned in the, by name in the New Testament. That is saying something. She had dedicated her life to the Lord after her husband's death, after seven years of marriage. Luke said she never left the temple, but worshipped God night and day, fasting and praying. That is a complete and total devotion to the Lord. God was preparing her too for this moment to bear great witness to this baby. As soon as Simeon had finished speaking, she takes her place before Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. 
She gave thanks to God and also spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. As a prophetess, she was also moved by the same Holy Spirit to speak about the redemption of Jerusalem, really the same thing as what Simeon had called the consolation of Israel. It is not as if the two of them got together and agreed about what they were going to say about Jesus to Mary and Joseph, but because they were being led to speak by the same Holy Spirit, to speak about the same child, Jesus, their messages agreed. That was it about the infancy messages about Jesus. Marvelous enough to be marveled at by Mary and Joseph. The family went back to Nazareth. Nothing is said about Jesus' childhood again, except that the family took him with them to Jerusalem every year for the Passover, until he was 12 years old, when he did not go back with them to Nazareth, and they did not even realize it. He had remained in Jerusalem in the temple, and was engaged in serious religious discussions with the religious experts. When his parents finally located him, Mary said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Jesus said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon had said to them 12 years earlier. I wonder if they remembered that at this time. One day, Jesus was having a heated argument with the Pharisees who had accused him of performing a healing by the prince of demons, Beelzebub. He was also speaking to the crowd. When he was informed that his mother and brothers were outside wanting to speak to him, he replied, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. I wonder if Mary remembered Simeon's words to her. Fast forward 21 years later. Mary is by a hill called Golgotha, just outside the same temple where Simeon had said the words, And a sword will pierce your own soul too. I wonder if she remembered Simeon's words to her. Huge nails were being hammered into his hands and feet. A crown of thorns thrashed on his head, blood all over his body. He was undergoing excruciating pain, barely able to mumble the words, Woman, behold your son. And to John, who was also at the foot of the cross, behold your mother. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. I wonder if a mind went back to that day 33 years ago. I believe now it did. It had all sank in. Simeon himself did not see all these things play out, and yet his eyes saw the Lord's salvation prepared in the sight of all peoples. We did not see all these things play out ourselves, yet through the pages of the Bible we have seen the same salvation and we will see it. Anna gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She was not there when it happened. Yet we can still say that by God's revelation, she saw it. We were not physically there to see it, but because of God's revelation in the Bible, we have seen it and we will see it. And the consolation or salvation or the redemption Simeon and Anna spoke about 
were not only in these harrowing, soul-piercing, sore moments, but also in the glorious resurrection that happened on the third day. Mary saw him. The Lord's promises through the mouth of his servants, Simeon and Anna, were complete. When all these were happening, the hope, the marveling, the pain, the indescribable joy, God had us in mind. Yes, you and me, and indeed the whole of humanity, because he knew we needed him. Because of our human weaknesses, we fail him regularly. We not only fail him, we also fail our brothers and sisters. If they should hear something we said about them, or something we thought about them that is negative in real time, we will not be proud of ourselves. We do have an ongoing need for forgiveness, because without that, we will be separated from Jesus and the promised salvation that comes by faith in him. And so he continually gives it to us through his word, through the enduring effect of our baptism, and through his own body and blood offered to us in Holy Communion. When we hear the incredibly gracious things said about Jesus for us, it is not something we take for granted, but we too marvel and treasure them in our hearts. And to God alone, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even as we see in our text for today, be honor and glory both now and forever. Amen.